your excuses. I've done like ten podcasts in the last three days. Oh my god. I I'm I'm all I'm drained. I was hot. I drove here and I was <laughs> hot in the car. Welcome to Dunstan Checks, man. This is the show where we uh, review the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks in minute by minute, and we pair each minute with a feature film. I'm Emily Monkeytown. And I'm Lord Andrew. And we have a very special guest with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Everybody, I am uh, I am Brad Monkey Hall, and as I uh, I told our wonderful host last time, that was actually a terrible nickname that was used to torture me in elementary school, but I'm taking it back. Hell yeah. So, That's um, great. Yeah. I love um, it. As as you alluded to just that, this is our this is take two on this episode. Yeah. This is uh is this our this is our our first lost episode? Yeah. Our first of, episode of that Dunstan. was lost, not our first episode where we talk about lost, because God knows that happens more than enough. Pretty pretty much almost every episode if you can. <laughs> I'll bring it up, I'll find a way. Uh-huh. Um but we're here with Brad. We're talking Physico, which is a fun thing you can call psycho. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, we kindly asked uh, Brad to join us, and he has chosen to pair Minute 35 with the 1960 feature film Psycho, which uh, uh, Brad will be going through the minute, you know, kind of beat by beat. And when we ever, whenever we hit the point when we're going to, you know, uh, start talking about something that made you think of Psycho to connect it, go ahead and hop right in and say, let's talk about Psycho. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, so, ah, here it is. I'm I'm reviewing my notes. <laughs> uh, this minute starts with uh, the the second half, kind of of uh, of the name of a character. It's Mr. Grant. He's saying "I'll" because he's he yeah, started the he la- had started the la- he had ended the last minute saying "cat." Yeah. So he's I. There is no gorilla in the bathroom, mm-hmm. uh, which is because of course Kyle had seen Dunstan in the bathroom and the thing and stuff. The uh. Brad, what is your familiarity with Dunstan Checks In before we even get going here? Well, um, it, it's an important movie for me um, it, where I am uh, the co-founder and host of the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. And the name Cosmic Geppetto podcast comes from a play, One Evening at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, which was written by Bruce Graham, who was also one of the screenwriters for Dunstan Checks In. Wow. In that play, uh, early one evening, the ba- Rainbow Bar and Grill, around the same time this movie came out. So the cast, is, as cast tend to do, we're sitting around. I was like, oh, how do we like to play? It plays pretty good. It's like, hey, did you know? And then we say, the monkey movie was written by the guy who did this. It's like, <laughs> does that make us feel better or worse about doing <laughs> this show? I, I liked Dustin Checks In is an interesting movie because it's not like it's particularly good, but it is interesting. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. That's a polite way to describe Dunstan Checks In. (laughs) No, it it was definitely a product of its time where uh, just a lot of things that were happening all the time in movies were in this film. First off, it was sort of part of the crazy baby, crazy child getting into hijinks, Mm -hmm. which started with um, Home Alone and you had Baby's Day Out. And then it was like, okay, well, we did... You know, Macaulay Culkin, we did a baby, now let's have a monkey. <laughs> that is that is a natural progression from baby to monkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also, uh, I mean, then it, th- it, there was all it, the also, animal movies at the time. We, we Movies as well. Yeah. And then it also was a thing of, with a TV star or supporting actor 
and trying to put him in the lead. And the, the best example I can think of that is like Joe Pesci doing My Cousin Vinny and the Super, where Joe Pesci was not a leading man, but supporting actor. That's so they a gave good him, movie, though. What? My Cousin Vinny. Yes. Maybe that Joe is a- Pesci <laughs> should be a leading man. <laughs> Well, you know, he should be a leading man in My Cousin Vinny. That's true. Yeah. But then they would keep shoving him into other movie after other movie, and it didn't really work. And the same thing with Jason Alexander. He was sort of at the peak of his popularity and one of the more pop- one of the more popular characters and probably one of the better actors from Seinfeld. Mm. I'll agree with that. I'll co-sign that one. Yeah. And <laughs> number one being Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Jason Alexander, Kramer, and then... Uh, Michael Richards, and then Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, terrible actor. Terrible actor. <laughs> Which he's the first to admit. I might sneak Wayne Knight in ahead of Michael Richards. Okay, it's fair. Fair. <laughs> but, so, he was at the height of his popularity. He's like, let's make him a leading man. Which he isn't. Mm-hmm. True. Sander isn't a leading man. He, he, even in a comedy like this, that's not really his strength. His strength is comedic best friend guy that you're looking forward to watch getting punched in the face yeah yeah which which you can make a great career out of that w- was he punched in uh pretty woman yes richard gear punched him that's right i haven't seen the film uh can i just do a quick sidebar and acknowledge i don't know if either of you are aware but i would like to acknowledge the fact that like 15 years after my cousin Vinny, joe pesci released a music album in the character of Vinny from my cousin Vinny. As Vinny. As Vinny. The name of the album was Vincent Barbarino Sings Just For You. And this was a music album. It was sort of like lounge singery type stuff by Joe Pesci as Vinny. Just a reminder that we are in the darkest timeline. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you now? Joe Pesci has also released a rap song. Okay. Do you do you think that was all those songs, uh, or or at least the idea for the album was they wanted to do a sequel, but then they, it never came together. I think so maybe Joe Pesci, Pesci wanted that, to do a sequel. He couldn't let the character go. Yeah, he had to put I, it into something. That sounds right to me. Yeah. I think that, or he just wanted he wanted his music career to take off so badly, but he felt he needed some hook mm-hmm. to get people interested. Mm-hmm. I'm he, sorry, Barbarino was uh, that's uh, that's a John Travolta character. That's that's uh, is that is that from uh, that's Welcome from Back Welcome Back Hotter? Yeah. Vincent Laguardia. Beanie sings just for you. Is the name right. of the album. I'm, I'm so sorry that <laughs> I screwed Vincent Laguardia. <laughs> yes, Vincent Laguardia. Beanie sings just for you. Yeah, he's uh, gonna be in the Irishman, right? Uh, we don't know, know anything about that. Wise guy was the name of the rap, and it is on that album, by the way. Okay, you look it up on YouTube if you want to have a good laugh. Right, but Scorsese's gonna try and bring him back in the Irishman. Okay, uh, I, I think it's just Scorsese's the only guy he'll act for anymore. Mm. Also. Is that happening? Because I I've, I feel like I've been reading about The Irishman since I was in high school. It, they I mean, advertised it last year. It's going to be a Netflix movie. If you say so. I think it's going to be Roma style. I think they're still going to release it into some theaters. For the Oscars. It's enough to get Oscar consideration. Yeah. And because I think Scorsese is one of those who really cares about that. Spielberg, he's going back and forth on that, I thought. Where he was, he was really mad about, you know, Netflix and movie theaters. And then he teamed up with... Uh, Apple TV. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's a really, you've really turned on that one, huh? Yeah. Within six months. <laughs> yeah, Steven Spielberg's a boring There's just things baby. you shouldn't, sometimes you just shouldn't talk trash. It's like the, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
It's like the guy at work who makes some sort of disparaging comment about one of the female coworkers, and then you find out a month, three months later, it's like, oh, they're dating now. It's like, oh, really? Should you? Yikes. Yeah, yikes. I'm you like. said. <laughs> I'm calling imaginary HR for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want those people. I remember it specifically. It, it was... <laughs> My first job, I was working second shifts. So I'm working two to ten. So all and everyone there was like 22 to 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Working two to ten during the week, everyone's 22 to 24. Everyone's dating each other. Yeah. And there was one very attractive girl, attractive guy, but the guy was sort of dismissive to her. He made kept making comment that she had a lot of forehead. Oh. He's like, Yikes. oh, she's got five heads. She doesn't have forehead. Thanks. Wow. Fair enough. Too many, enough happy hours went by. As good-looking people do, they hooked up. And uh, now they've been married for probably 20 years now. Oh, my God. Like, That's a bummer. Just every time I look at pictures of them together celebrating anniversary, it's like, oh, now they have, there they are having little five-head babies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's, yeah, that's life. Uh, That's what right. the people say. All right, let's dive into. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this minute. Let's dive into this minute. So, <laughs> uh, can I is... say my old catchphrase from the old show that I very rarely say on this show? Yes, go ahead. This was a good minute. I'm shocked. <laughs> you you say you're shocked, but you did hear me say that in the last recording. I'm still shocked. <laughs> it's still a good minute. Uh, so there is no grill in the bathroom. Now, we're getting a good look at Mr. Grant. We got a little look at him at the end of the last minute. Can I take a brief aside to say a joke that I thought of during the last recording but oh couldn't make work? And I still have, it's been like, what, two weeks? I still have not been able to yeah, make yeah. it work. Go ahead. You know the song Mirror in the Bathroom? Is this a parody? No. Okay. Here's a song. It's on the Rock and Roll soundtrack. You might have heard it there. It's just like an old song that was kind of you know, a semi-hit in like the 70s. Okay. No, I've never heard of this. Okay, well, imagine a parody of Mirror in the Bathroom, but it's called Gorilla in the Bathroom. Gorilla in That's the Bathroom. That's all I've got. I've no. got, I don't have the joke, so I'm just, I'm surrendering my materials for the joke, which is that song plus the phrase Gorilla in the Bathroom. I feel like it's Brad, that- if you can crack that one, more power to you. I'm, I'm giving that to the world now. Okay. Well, it's, the world's richer for it. I, I think... <laughs> I think the uh, the the real problem with that is that mirror in the bathroom is not well known. Sure, well that's yeah, that is part of it. That's step one. If it one, was well known, I could to... just say gorilla in the bathroom, and then everyone would get it. Yes. See, the problem is I needed more than that because the song is not very well known. Yeah. That's where the joke fell apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about what Mr. Grant's wearing. Mm-hmm. He's in his night clothes. Yeah. It's it's uh, appears to be some kind of ripped up shirt with uh, birds on it. Bird's big sponsor of this movie, as yeah. we've all the Bird Council, the uh, go, which is the government because birds aren't real. But I thought birds r- rule the world. No, birds aren't real. That's, that's just a, it's a government conspiracy. Lizards rule the world. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, good. Uh, so and they've invented birds because to keep us to keep to make yes. to make us think that the lizards have a predator when in fact they don't. That's good. Yeah, that's believable. <laughs> uh, the shirt actually says on it. Ours and yours mm-hmm. came an island. Yeah. Do we believe that Mr. Grant took his family to the Cayman Islands? Yes. Uh, Why you, is that so shocking to you? Do you think it was his idea or the uh, or his wife's? Uh, I think I think it was it was his. Mm. Yeah, that's now I believe it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's also in the background of this moment mm-hmm. a poster. Yeah. That says on it, 
Majestic Day 1920-something. Now, this is something, this is brand new content for the room, because we did not catch this in the original recording, and I'm very excited. Majestic Day, it's night, it's old, it's like 1930-something. Yeah. Do we believe the Majestic Hotel is an historic hotel? Maybe that's what they want us to believe. Oh. I mean, they as in the movie makers. I, I believe it. I believe it. It, it. it gives them enough of an excuse of why... I don't know. As we're going to see, they're able to pull the the vent off of it. It's like, oh, of course, it's from the 30s. Stuff's falling apart. The vents were bigger in the 30s because <laughs> air was bigger. <laughs> the people were small. The air was big. Yeah, that, that's why the people were so small is because the air was compressing them because the air was so big. <laughs> Good Lord. Brad, I'm sorry that I'm parading all my silly science in front of you, my silly science opinions. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> You know what? Okay. The grill in the bathroom is starting to work. On me. <laughs> 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 Gorilla in the, the bathroom. bathroom. It's really it's working right. on me. <laughs> I'll get you. Understand. Uh, uh, to quote uh, to quote our old friend uh, Alfred Hitchcock, that's a real turkey in the icebox joke. Is that a thing he said? It is a thing he said, but it was about vertigo, not psycho. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I rant about Hitchcock for a goddamn second before we even get to Psycho? Before we even get to the minute, barely. Go ahead. There's a moment in Vertigo that he put in that just doesn't, just flat out doesn't make sense. Where like, the the whole point of this scene is that it goes out of its way to establish that this thing which just happened is impossible and couldn't have happened. Okay. With the expectation that it's going to be explained later in the film, and that it never is. And and when interviewed about this, Hitchcock says, "Ah, yes, that's the turkey in the icebox moment because it's something you forget until you're home taking the turkey out of the icebox and you think to yourself, now wait a minute, how did that work? And in his mind, that makes the whole thing a little bit more intriguing. That no, that's just stupid. Is what you, it is. You tell me, how is that any better than J.J. Abrams and his mystery box bullshit. What is what is what are you talking about? Where he's like, oh, everything's got to be a mystery box. Oh, I gotta have a mystery in the box. Brad has muted himself, by the way. Great. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Okay, <laughs> I, just to make, I, thought, I thought you were like, this is bullshit. What am I doing? Here? <laughs> oh, there's just a, a apparently the local fire department or something has decided to run their horns for the monthly test. So the horn, and I'm also ah. worried that the dog's gonna hear this and start howling along. Sure, so, that like, makes sense. But preemptively mute. <laughs> yeah, Jay Abrams, he loves those. Uh, MacGuffins. I mean, that was the whole point of um, Mission Impossible 3. It, they called it the rabbit in the box or something. Yeah. And they never gave any explanation what it was. It's like they just had to get it. Yeah, but that, see, that to me is fine because it's nothing impossible is happening. It's just a thing we don't know. There's a difference between a thing we don't know and him going out of his way to say, this is impossible, this could not be, and yet it happened, and there's no explanation. Mm-hmm. Nah. Uh, that's completely fair. It, it it breaks the reality of the film. I think Vertigo's movie. overrated anyway. I I'll, I'll, I mean, I think all of Hitchcock's movies are overrated because I don't like him. And we'll talk about that once more when we get into Psycho Chat. Uh, all right. So there is no grill in the bathroom. Kyle says, Dad. And uh, Mr. Grant says, go back to sleep. And he says, I can't go to sleep now. So then Mr. Grant says, watch TV. A nice black and white movie. You'll be out in no time. Yeah. Then we see what the black and white movie is. King Kong. King Kong. Yeah. Thematically linked it's to the, Kyle's experiences. Yes. It's a, it's a scary ape situation. <laughs> yeah. And we see on the TV the black and white King Kong. Uh, first we see a, a kind of man and a woman uh, a moving. I think the man says, send the riot squad. Kong has escaped. Yeah. And then we see King Kong's face. And then Kyle is scared by King Kong. You know what? Everyone makes fun of uh, Skull Island for just calling him Kong because they literally couldn't say King Kong. 
But they call him just Kong in the original movie. It's yeah. not, it's, you know, it's the same thing. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I like it too. Yeah. Hey, fuck you if you, sh- <laughs> if you shout on Kong Skull Island. That's what I'm here to say. Uh, At least mean, for that reason. Yeah, for that reason. If you shout on it for other reasons. That's not you should have with enough. Kong Skull Island. Yeah. <laughs> I did have some problems with Kong Skull Island, but I overall liked it. Um, I And I also think, you know, if you don't recognize Kong as a leader of, of that island, you shouldn't call him king. <laughs> we have to dismantle his government somehow, and we can start by just calling him Kong. I think Kong is one of the only good kings. <laughs> what? Uh, I I had a thought, and then it just completely left me because mm. it had to do with Kong Skull Island, and yeah. I went, I shouldn't say that because we're trying to talk about let's talk about Dunstan, the other monkey, yeah, which is Dunstan. Uh, I just think it's a little unbelievable that that King Kong image scares Kyle. Unbelievable, even. Uh, no, it's just unbelievable. Okay. I well, If he was eating a cookie, it'd be unbelievable. Here's the thing. People react differently to different things. Mm. So you say, eh, let, let's talk about movies. And let's talk about what scares people for a second. Okay. A lot of people out there are scared. And I think you are one of them. Uh-huh. Are scared of the movie The Exorcist. No. But a lot of people are. Yes. You would agree to that. Yes. And that is baffling to me. Because okay. I, I watched that movie and it just seems it seems very silly and not scary at all to me. Mm. And one of my more controversial movie opinions, I don't think that movie. I think that movie is dated and doesn't hold up. And wow. it's not just because it's old and we don't get that it's scary anymore. Because there are other movies of the time that I think do hold up. But uh, why do you do this to me? <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> Emily. Where why do you do this to me? Where did you see Exorcist? I, I probably watched it. Uh, I think the first time I saw it actually, I think was when I was working at Blockbuster Video and I used it as one of my free rentals. Wow. As an employee. So that would have been in, in between the years 2009 and 2011. I saw it in theaters. It was a re-release. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that might help because just the bigness of the screen and yeah, the, the, really the tension sort of building throughout the audience, mm-hmm. uh, the lights being down might help it. Now, one is supposed to be the big shock moments. Uh, Reagan, uh, you know, the pea soup vomit and her head spinning. Yeah. That is not scary at all. No, certainly not. Yeah. Right. It, you know, everyone knows those scenes and especially the pea soup that's just become a joke. Every parent has made some sort of reference to, oh my God, she's possessed after their kid pukes on him. Yeah. I, I've made it. So I'm not above this. Um, I, I also saw. Uh, the Exorcist for the first time in a theater re- mm. fairly recently within the last two years. Interesting. And um, I have to say the things that actually scared me uh, and this is I mean this is ultimately not quite a fear but more of just being squeamish is there were scenes that involved like large needles and where she was kind of like trapped in a in a hospital because they were trying to figure out if it was a medical thing that was wrong with her and yeah. not a, a, you know a, a spiritual not thing. Not a demon thing. Uh, and so I was like, "These, this is like the true horror of this film." Yeah. Uh, and then I was shocked by the ending as well. My point is, it's unfathomable to me that people would be scared of that movie. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people can be scared of whatever. You know? Wow. I was scared of my girl oh. as a kid because the bees, the bees killed Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> they did. They did. That's before we started cheering Macaulay Culkin dying in movies. I don't. Hey, I don't. I, I want it on record. I don't. I do not cheer when Macaulay Culkin dies. I say. Did you ever see um, Good Son? 
Oh, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a cheer for sure. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I, I started to watch that. This was, I was starting to watch that with my ex. Uh, and then we were like, hey, is this kid going to kill a cat in this movie? And we looked it up and we saw that he in fact was. And we're like, maybe we don't need to finish this movie. So we watched about That's- the first 20 minutes and did not finish it. That's when they knew his career had changed drastically because not only was he the bad guy, but audiences were really thrilled when they killed him off. It's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the American public has turned. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know: Was King Kong considered a scary movie? I think in 1933. Hey. Hmm. I guess he's a monster. Yeah. It wasn't like, it's not like there's jump scares or anything. I mean, he's a giant monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, but he climbed through, it, you know, he climbed through the town and reached into the buildings. That's yeah, a, it's definitely a thriller, but it strikes me more as like, sort of like a thrilling beast action film. Yeah, but back in those as days, you know, you, to, see a, you see a train coming at the screen, and that's scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, which one of us is going to reference <laughs> train coming at the screen? Uh, and according to Rotten it, Tomatoes, uh, Rotten Tomatoes ranked King Kong the greatest horror movie of all time. That's now that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard bullshit like that in a while. But here's what I'm saying. Again, back to my earlier point. If people are scared by it, and people consider it horror, like then it 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 scares people. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if people are ever scared of those uh, those uh, claymation skeletons that they used in like. The Odyssey oh, movie. Uh, what was that movie called? Hey, hey, I'm Percy. Jason and the Argonauts. Home. Yeah, that's probably one of them. Jason and the Argonauts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know because uh, they. I believe they were. Uh, uh, it was uh, Tim Burton was referencing that with uh, Par- Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. He had some skeleton warriors that looked in that same style, and that was supposed to be a little spooky. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And they did the same to Army of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's cut, but there's a scene in the original King Kong where he, like, snaps the dinosaur's neck, and it looks really brutal. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty... Which they then put... They remade that scene in the 2005 version. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking about the 2005. <clears throat> the least scary thing about the 2005 movie was... Everything else was, like, the creepy insects and all the other... Yeah. ...oversized, scary things, but mm-hmm. th- because they weren't a giant monkey... Yeah. You could have that sort of jump scare or that, oh, my gosh, there is a, you know, a huge uh, slug creature chasing Kyle Chandler. Yeah. It was scary. The, the least scary part of it was Kong. Wait, Kyle Chandler is in the 2005 Kong? I wasn't aware of that either, but that makes so much sense. Hey, he was first was menaced by Kong and then later Godzilla. He's... And he makes it through. Uh, he, he and he makes it. And they are doing Godzilla versus King Kong. So it is it po- is it possible that Kyle Chandler will have been in two separate Kong continuities, Kong continuities, if oh, you will? Oh boy! <laughs> I don't think they like bringing act. Aside from Ken Watanabe, uh, Watanabe, Watanabe, they, they don't. They're not interested in getting these actors in for multi film contracts. Well, Kyle Chandler was in 2014 Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters, oh, right, so yeah. he's already come. He's already in a multi film contract. Yeah, but it's in the same tongue. All right. Uh, there was another bit of new information that we had gleaned uh, post-recording. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, so we get a good view in this minute of the TV setup mm-hmm. uh, and hanging around the TV yeah. or, or like above it on the shelving mm-hmm. are a string of lights. Oh, yes. And the lights are hot dogs. Little hot dog, like like Christmas tree lights yeah. or, Chris, or Christmas lights. We don't need to bring trees into this. Uh, Christmas lights, but instead of just, you know, plain little shapes, they are hot dogs. I, I, this was a stunning revelation to me, but I, it's one of those things that's a stunning revelation, but I don't actually have anything to say about it. it just I think se- they're cool. All you can do is like, yeah, hot dogs. I wish I had some hot dog lights. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. It just seems odd. Yeah. An odd choice. I'll agree. Uh, so then, after the King Kong face appears on the screen and scares Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, he makes up his mind. He's going to do something about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes to the bathroom. He removes the huge grate very easily. No tools required. Uh, and, and this grate is big enough that he could more or less step inside. Uh, and we talked about this on a previous minute, but it's right next to the toilet. Yeah. Uh, very odd. Odd placement. Odd grate placement. Yeah. Especially given in later minutes, we will see that maybe this grate is connected to a laundry chute. Who knows? But this is, you know, all the space in between the walls of this hotel is God just connected. God knows how the insides of this hotel work. Air vents. Or pl- maybe not even God knows. <laughs> God's afraid to know. Yeah, God God's is like shrugging of right now. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did that make sense to me? Yeah. Kyle looks down this vent. Again, mm-hmm. huge, deep vent. Uh, and then... He starts laying out some fruits and veggies. And ham and cheese, as we'll see in a later minute. Yes, we do clarify that. Uh, but there they're for sure are fruits and veggies, not just bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, like any like any good orangutan carer knows that you cannot just feed your ape only bananas. It's not a cartoon. Mm-hmm. They need other veggies. Yeah. Uh, and all kinds of foods. Yeah. And uh, And I'll wonder it again. I wonder if he called up room service for this. Yeah. I, I, and what did he even say? Who knows? Yeah. It's late at night. Maybe he just snuck into the kitchen and stole some food. That's a, that's a scene I would have liked to see. Yeah. Because that would have followed our, nice. our imaginary uh, secondary plot of that there should be a frustrated chef. A frustrated chef. Yeah. Or at least a more uh, a frustrated chef who is in focus mm-hmm. uh, as a full on character mm-hmm. and perhaps played by Tim Carey. Carey. Tim Carey. <laughs> Tim Carey. The perfect combination of Tim Curry and Drew Carey. I was going to say Jim Carey. That's interesting. I, you know, (laughs) I think, I think Tim Curry plus Jim Carey is not going to be a good combo. Hey, you know, what's a documentary that makes Drew Carey look like a big old asshole. What? Um, fuck. What's it called? There's a documentary about this guy who's really good at the prices right on Netflix right now. It's really good. And Jim Carey comes off like a total dickhead. Do, so they interview him and he's like a Hold on. jerk? You, I think you're thinking Drew Carey. What, did I say Jim Carey again? I meant Drew Carey. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We're getting all the Careys mixed up. Yeah. Carey comes across. You know what? I, I think he might be an asshole. Yeah. Drew Carey. Well, it's, the thing it's is, tough because there's a likability to him because he's an average guy. Yeah. Cleveland rocks. Just, Cleveland does rock. We learned that from him. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's the thing where, like, there's so there's this guy who was really, really good at the prices, right? And he would go to tapings all the time, and he would never get picked, but he would sit in the audience and he would shout out answers to help the contestants. Oh. Uh, and uh, Bob Barker like had a very had a friendly relationship with him. Like they joked around. He, they, the camera would, would be cutting to him during these episodes, and then uh, he did it one time after Drew Carey took over, and Drew Carey was like, "Pump the." fucking breaks you're cheating at my show and i don't like that oh my god like drew carey got pissed off 
Um, so that 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 is why I say it makes him look like an asshole. Wow. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, I wonder if he just was already under. Was he, he took over directly from Bob Barker, right? Correct. The the. I wonder if he was under so much pressure of like tarnishing the legacy. I think that was his fear. Yeah, because I could definitely <laughs> see that as a thing. But also, I feel like we haven't had a great uh, game show cheating scandal, you know, in a long time. It's true. I did just hear about the the the. Um, I just heard about like this is not even funny. The um, the British millionaire guy that got away with. Yeah, they almost got away with it. Yeah, they were like already onto him. His like wife and best friend mm. like would cough for the right answer. He yeah. would literally say every answer. I remember this. It's wild. Yeah, wild. Huh. What a wild time. Uh, Dunstan. Dunstan. He's our friend, or is he? Um, <coughs> what Kyle does next? Next to he's he's in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Next to the toilet, and he puts down. A video quarter, video camcorder, into yes. a basket of towels. Yep. Which includes a towel with the M monogram, the Majestic Hotel's logo. Yes. On it. Just like what what they were stamping the Majestic logo into in the opening credits of the film. Yes. That's, no. Yep. No, that was sand. That was a towel. That was sand. It was a, a, a circularly folded towel. Like sands through the hourglass. Like that towels was... through our hair. Okay. That's what you. That's all. The only thing you ever use a towel for. But Kyle is hoping to videotape the gorilla. Yes. While he eats the gorilla, who's really an orangutan. The yes. <laughs> that was part of my joke. It'd be great if that was the next part of it. It's like, see, Dad, I told you there was gorilla. It's like, no, there's no gorilla. It's like, but it's right there. It's like that's an orangutan. We don't worry about orangutans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a health, uh, an orangutan is a health, is a part of a healthy hotel ecosystem. <laughs> It'd be great. If like I saw that a thousand times already. I knew that. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we've got the cats to keep the rats out and the orangutans to get rid of the cats. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and then who gets rid of the orangutans? Um, Paul Rubens. There, there it is. <laughs> Very good. Um, I don't want to, uh, you know, preempt anything. But should we talk about Psycho? Uh, yeah. What about Psycho? Let's talk yeah. about Psycho. Because we're in, we're in the, uh, you know, we're in the bathroom. <laughs> we are in the bathroom. Oh. We're recording in the bathroom too, Brad. I'm, I'm saying, I don't know if that's weird at all. It's just where the oh, acoustics are best. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it was interesting when, when you called out, you know, find a movie to pair with. I could have paired it with Spider-Man because uh, our, our hero wears a Spider-Man shirt and I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. But no. It's funny. Multiple uh, people have said that. Most people that have picked movies from minutes where Kyle is wearing that shirt have said that. Uh, yeah, we had there were like three separate missed Spider-Man opportunities. I, I no, I wanted to talk about this and the and it's sort of it's an interesting thing how it shows the passage of time and how we react to things differently because Psycho, uh, the Alfred Hitchcock movie that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, I think especially Emily has pointed out pointed out some uh, problems with the film historical context. But Psycho was the first movie to show a toilet. Yeah. And Scandalous. that was a big freaking deal. Yeah. Now, I, I, and I, now this is... Go ahead. And this, you know, Dustin check in. I don't want to say it's a kid's movie, but it's definitely a movie where the parents are supposed to feel okay taking the kids to. And we have, a mon- kids movie. we have a monkey drinking out of a toilet. Yeah. How, how the times change. 
the times change. It, it just makes you wonder, good Lord, what is it going to be like in 20 years? What, what, what will seem crazy or offensive now? And usually it's a thing of performers who Ice Cube, a member of NWA, does family movies now. Crazy. Are we, are we there yet? Yeah. And Actually, are we done yet? Yeah, I think that's the sequel. <laughs> and is it college yet? Was that there is the third no, one? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought there was a third one. That was uh, called Is It College Yet? Yeah, so there's one where he's there's, on a road trip with with no his new way. family. Uh and then there's another one where he's building the house with the new family. And there's a third one where he's sending the daughter off to college. I what thought. What are you talking about? Brad, <laughs> do you recall this? I, yes, I do remember him <laughs> taking... I feel like yeah. I'm losing my mind. What? Well, it is possible that it wasn't an actual sequel and just sort of a thematic sequel where he did another movie where he was taking a kid to college. I think that's true because I'm looking at the Are We Done Yet Wikipedia page right uh-huh. now and there's no mention of a further Here's, sequel. I'm, I'm pointing to the clouds and I'm saying the name of this movie is College Road Trip. Oh, you're right. That movie definitely does <laughs> exist. I, that's, that's not part of the same franchise, Okay, though. great. Uh, and what's that one he just did, uh, you know? Which one? With Kevin Hart? Right Along. Right Along and Right Along 2. Yeah. That one got a quick sequel. It's true. Back-to-back sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you know, Brad, what, what, what you're talking about, though, is the, the other funny thing I can think of is that in the year, was it last year, 2018, uh-huh. there was the emoji movie and the poop emoji was a character? Yeah, played by Sir Patrick Stewart. And there's just, it's it's a movie where there's a literal piece of shit. And, and oh, Also, <laughs> Ice Cube was not in College Road Trip. Okay, I'm it sorry. Was, it was Martin Lawrence. I'm I'm mistaken? Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to Martin Lawrence. For some reason there's I'm a pig a, in the car on the Ice Cube. <laughs> For some reason there's a pig in the car with the family on the cover. I apologize to that pig. <laughs> There's, are we done yet? Yeah, but I mean the 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 idea of the toilet going from you know this this shocking imagery in Psycho mm-hmm. uh, to just a you can just you can have someone drink out of it in a film. Well, and not only that, just the 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 poop emoji. Sure, I'm really thinking like oh yeah, the kids poop movies was a was a was a feature character yeah. in a film. And uh, even there's a recent billboard that I, I, you know, I was a little shocked by. You were scandalized by a I billboard? I was scandalized by a billboard uh, for The Secret Life of Pets 2. Yeah. One of the dog characters, huge, takes up the whole billboard, mm-hmm. scooting his butt on the billboard. I'm... And and uh, the, there's like a quote where he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, this makes me feel better. I'm like, wow. See, I don't think that's oh. as shocking as the shit emoji being a character. Not quite, but still enough. It's, it's just so crazy. Or my kids uh, watched the, the Netflix Trolls cartoon that was based on the movie. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you know, some of the trolls, their butts. Mm. And one of the characters is like, you know, it'd be nice if you stopped farting glitter in our faces. And I'm like, you know, it was like 1974 was a big deal Was with the Blazing Souls. It was the first time they had flashlights in a movie. Rated, hmm. you know, a very adult film. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, my basically what is now the, the version of Saturday Morning Kids cartoon, like a Netflix kid series that's like a plot point. It's like, kids do whatever you're offended by will be your kids' entertainment in 30 years. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's life. I'll say it again. That's what the people say. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. 
uh, I like this thematic connection. Yeah. Uh, but then yeah. I will say, you know, watching Psycho, this is m- maybe my second, maybe my third time watching it. Um, it it just didn't hit me as hard. No. And, and I have to say, the first time I watched it, of course I knew uh, Jan- Janet Lee, yeah. you know, dies. Like, that's, I, I knew that coming. and I yeah. But I was still kind of like, oh, great. you know, I was going along on the journey. Yeah. Uh, I remember being very affected by the scene where, uh, you know, he, uh, Norman Bates uh, and her are, are having the sandwiches and he's talking about the, his, his uh, birds. birds yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, maybe we're all, you know, we, we set our own traps and we get trapped in them. And A very like, unsettling scene because we know that that means that Norman Bates is in on the government conspiracy about birds about being birds. real. <laughs> uh, but, <Well>. then, <laughs> but then the second time watching Psycho it, that scene is so reliant. Me line on and that was part of the advertising campaign they would have the movie and it's like don't tell anybody what happened like and that was part of the fun is the advertising campaign made you feel like you're in on the secret yeah but mm. and didn't alfred hitchcock say something like hey if anyone tells anyone else the twist in this movie i'll come to your house and kill you he was like there was some story about him like really going out of his way to make sure the twist was preserved uh, and that, that's great. The problem is, and uh, because it was really shocking, because Anthony Hopkins was a, a on the rise leading man, and Anthony him Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Perkins <laughs> was on the rise leading man. Same so, thing before, Brad. I, I didn't mean to humiliate you. No, no, it's it's fair. So him being the killer was a shock. Janet Lee, who was the biggest star in the movie, her getting killed partway through. It'd be like if there was. Uh, I, I guess a more modern equivalent would be Samuel L. Jackson was the biggest star in the Deep Blue Sea. But that's a good movie. Just gets eaten by, just, uh, just gets eaten by a shark. Yeah. The right after like a big speech about how they're going to pull it together and survive too. The <laughs> the thing that I I have to say so for for because you you chose this film, Brad. I had to mash together a trailer for Psycho with the minute of this with this minute. Yeah. Uh, I'll have you know, you know, old time trailers are long. Sure. Like oh. it was. Yeah. I I was like, am I really gonna take a six minute trailer where it's just Alfred Hitchcock? It's not even footage from the film yet. Like the first two minutes was him wandering around his sets, being like, "You're not gonna believe this shit." He's like, "I show you all these murders. Come come look over here. Look at these stairs. Someone falls down these stairs." It's going to blow your mind. And I was like, how is this a trailer? Like, how is this an actual thing that they used to remote the film when I, I know that it's it was such a big deal to not tell what the big reveal is in it? He's walking around literally saying, in the movie, you're going to see someone die on these stairs. Yeah. And uh, so I chose another trailer. I think probably a fan-made one. A fan. <laughs> but, uh, or one that they released on a DVD like way later. Yeah. Uh, which was two minutes long, the normal length of a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just couldn't believe what I was seeing when I was, you know, looking into old old trailers. And it's just, it is Alfred Hitchcock walking around his sets, like talking about how excited he was to film people being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. I remember seeing the trailer for the original Miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. And same thing. It was a really long trailer that did did not show anything from the movie. <laughs> yeah. It was just like the director and marketing guy for the studio walking around. It's like, I don't know how to advertise this movie. And then it's like, <laughs> hey, there's John Wayne. Hey, John, have you seen this movie? Yes, it's really sad. And then the next is like, and there's Lucille Ball. It's like, it's so funny. It's, it's funny and sad. And it's like. <laughs> What the hell am I watching? 
<laughs> it's crazy. That's 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 exactly what old movie trailers were. Yeah, I mean, we previously talked about this too uh, with uh, the bell the bellboy. Yeah, the bellboy. Yeah. God, I I used the long version of the trailer when I made that video, and uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> it was just it was like four minutes of Jerry Lewis doing every character, but no, like one minute of footage from the film. He's like he's playing like the the mean director, the mean studio head. He's playing the writer who can't get it together. He's playing like the the businessman uh, who's trying to sell the movie. And then they're like, oh, you you really want to see some of it, don't you? Okay, look in this hole right here. And there's like a peephole that they have to put the camera up to. It was so oh, it was laborious. Is that? (laughs) It was just a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, it was, um, it, yeah, it, 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 well, what was funny with Lewis, he did a movie, what was it, uh, Smorgasbord? That sounds like a Jerry, where, Lewis, a Jerry Lewis movie. It really does. Or maybe it was Cracking Up. It was like one of his late, yeah, actually, it was Cracking Up, also known as Smorgasbord. And it was like an, in 83. So it was, uh, and the trailer uh, for that was just two minutes of him trying to walk on a sort of like recently polished floor and him oh. flopping around. The problem is he was like in his fifties by this point and it wasn't cute anymore. No. Yeah. My God. Yeah, this scarier was, than seeing an it, adult fall down. I was like, ah, he's going to break a hip. Yeah. And it was so long. And you could tell it was one of these things where it was an old Hollywood guy trying to do an old Hollywood trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, in the eighties, it's like, ah, I, I, uh, I watched, uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee uh, with the aforementioned Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. And he did an episode with Jerry Lewis. And the whole time, it seemed like Jerry Lewis was just not into it. Yeah. Hated every second. At any moment, I felt like he was going to, like, yell for them to turn off the camera. And the episode was just going to end with Jerry Seinfeld saying, oh, well, I guess that's all I got. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was really, like, Jerry had to warm him up the whole episode. In the last, like, minute when they started eating, he was, like, a little happier. Yeah. It was a real... He seems like a real miserable prick, right? <laughs> yeah. He was a notoriously bad interview. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just, uh, he, he just the, I used whoever was interviewing him. Uh, I, I, there was a pretty famous one towards the end of his life uh, where he was just, he, he looked like if he had the strength, he would have gotten out of his seat and strangled the interview. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, I know he was also famous in, in his later years for um, insisting and doubling down on, on women not being funny. So mm-hmm. just a, a real sunny personality, that guy. That was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Loud and clear. Yeah. You want to talk about Psycho? <laughs> yeah, Psycho. So I, I, I think it doesn't have, you know, and, and it's. I don't know if it's I don't think it's necessarily the age. I just think, don't think it has the punch that I think we ever even thought it had, at least for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I think movies that are built upon, built around twists, I think, are, are tricky to hold up on repeat viewings. Uh, I, I don't think that's news to anyone. Um there's also, I mean, I, I have pro- I have problems not just with the plot, but also I, I as as uh, Brad alluded to earlier, I talked about in our last recording. Uh, there's there's elements of the movie that I that I find pretty deeply problematic. Um, so the the twist reveal at the end is that Norman Bates uh, dresses up as his dead mother, uh, and that's when he commits his murders. Um, 
and the movie goes really out of its way to define what he is and then there's like a point where someone asks him is, is, is this person a transvestite and then the like psychologist character in the movie says no a transvestite is someone who dresses in women's clothes for sexual pleasure uh, in, in this case Norman Bates feels he's becoming his mother which is it's really defining it's really drawing a clear line of like these are the two reasons why quote unquote men dress as women, which is just like this. Uh, it's this trend in horror that I, I was really popularized by psycho of the demonization of the trans feminine, uh, which as a trans woman, obviously I, I really hate and which was not a trope in horror movies, which is a genre that I love, frankly, horror movies. Um, also, and you can see, you know, I, I feel like some people might be like, well, they, you know, it's a different thing. It's not saying this character is trans woman. It's saying this character was crazy. But like, even now, like I was reading the Wikipedia page right now, and it it uses the same language that people use to describe trans women to describe Norman Bates. Like they're they're very clearly trying to make that association because you know that was a boogeyman at the time, and unfortunately still. Um, and of course, along with that is is the demonization of of people with mental illnesses, saying like we don't need to really explain why this character is a killer we will just say that they're crazy because that's good enough um i i think those are really unfortunate tropes and i think psycho kind of really broadly popularized them in a a way that i think had a very negative effect on 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 horror movie culture and society yeah Yeah. Yeah, definitely it was a wildly popular movie and it was critically it was beloved by the critics and the general public so it made money and then it also won oscars or you know it received the consideration so it had a lot of influence on a lot of people and uh but hollywood's a thing where if something works once get over and over again and yeah. each time it's going to be done by someone less talented yeah I, I do think yeah. the, uh, the other two things that I think are so crazy about Psycho is that um, the so the author of the book uh, Norman Block no not Norman it, uh, yeah it was I someone know. I don't know the author of the Give book me for help but I don't know uh, because of the movie he wrote a sequel that was anti movie like the sequel just completely Robert Block Robert Block he completely went against what the movie laid out what the, it changed in his book and made a sequel that would just completely fuck up any plans to make that into a movie yeah where it was like about the movie industry and how much it sucked <laughs> and like the 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 twist in that one was that the producer was the murderer uh huh. and then um and then they went on to make psycho 2 3 and 4 yeah. and uh, uh uh anthony uh, perkins was involved in all of them yep <laughs> so it was, just... it was the only work he could get after psycho yeah, he, yeah. He, his career just completely tanked that out, and, which uh, is really a shame. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, my favorite joke about that Murder on the Orient Express is that they got him to pick up the knife again. That's <laughs> they really just. That's how they got him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that to me, I, uh, I think that's such a weird part of the Psycho legacy. And of course, there's that Bates Motel show. Like it's so. It so goes on, and it's kind of like why? Why do we keep going back to that? Well, even in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's yeah. pretty interesting uh, talking about how the author hated what Hollywood did. I just recently read about uh, Winston Groom, who wrote um, Forrest Gump. Oh. Thrilled by his treatment by from Hollywood, uh, yeah. spe- specifically, I think they really ripped him off financially. <laughs> Because um, they were able to find an accountant who could show, could somehow do the math uh, to show that 
money. Mm-hmm. The first line, so he wrote a sequel and basically said, "Is like no, you know, Forrest's first line is like, don't let that people Hollywood make a movie out of your life." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he gets money from uh, the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Probably not, huh? Does, but I bet where he really sort of my understanding is. He wrote that book aside from the flip off Hollywood, but then he would have another book and they movie rights mm. and he had them over a barrel. So they, <laughs> they paid out the nose. So they end up paying more for the movie rights for the second book that was never made out of a movie than they paid for the first book, which was hugely successful movie. Huh? Mm-hmm. Good for him. That's not a movie that I hate that sucks. So good, good for him for getting revenge on the people who made it. Uh, let's get right back into the minute. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the shot kind of fades from, so Kyle puts the video camera, the camcorder, into the towel basket, hides it under the towels. He tucks it in. He, he thinks, this girl is going to find my video camera. I got to hide it. So then we kind of, the camera zooms in. Fades, fades on the lens of the video camera, and uh, we see now from the camera's point of view, Dunstan comes on screen. He yes. comes through the open ventilation system, or whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes not to the food first. Mm-hmm. He goes straight to that toilet. Yeah. And That's drinks a good goof. That's one of the reasons why I say this is a good minute. That's a funny goof. I guess. <laughs> uh, but he really goes ham on that toilet water. Yeah, I, I, I um, before before the call started, I was testing out the making sure audio was working on the board by playing the minute into my headphones mm-hmm. through the board. And I'll tell you, you there, there's a there's a full range of sound of that toilet. You you hear that toilet water going down his entire throat. Oh, you really God. hear the gulp <laughs> when you listen with headphones on. Now, do you think that was done? live do you think that is the the ape in the room no i no 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 do you think they, do you think it's a dog i i think uh, honestly based on what it sounded like in my headphones i think it's a human drinking a glass of water i think oh. they adr'd that God. i think they mixed an adr of, i think they recorded that and like splashing water to mimic the lapping up of a toilet uh-huh. but the actual you like you hear the swallowing and i think that's a human that's doing that <laughs> i think the foley artist got a, got themselves a glass of water uh-huh. took a big old drink captured that gulp <laughs> that's wild who did oh well actually what it was um frank welker did the didn't he do was it frank <laughs> he welker did who did pretty the, much every did, animal voice from like 1981 till present so that would make sense yeah yeah because i know he's listed as a special voc- vocal effects uh welker's awesome yeah mm-hmm. he was he's the beloved Megatron and uh, Soundwave from the Transformers movies, right on, you know, through. So yeah. It... No, what? no disrespect to Frank Walker. Wasn't he Yoshi? <laughs> In the Mr. Marlowe's film. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So a great a, a, a star to us. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> truly. He played my son in a movie. Uh. So Dunstan, but Dunstan does, you know, he, he turns from the bowl of toilet water and mm-hmm. we are seeing, so the way that we're seeing this is kind of black and white grainy because we are seeing it as the camcorder is recording it. Uh-huh. We got the REC in the corner. So mm-hmm. we're not seeing the playback. We're seeing the record. Yeah. This uh, is live. This is live. Dunstan approaches the camera and that's the end of the minute. That's the end he of the pro- minute. He approaches, reaches down. Oh, that's the end of the minute. That's yep. all we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so Brad, where where can we find you online? What do you what do you do out there? Uh, I am the uh, host and uh, host and co-founder of the Cosby Geppetto podcast. Uh, we have uh, going to Facebook. We have the Cosby Geppetto listeners page. Um, Cosby Geppetto, where uh, it's a pop culture show where we uh, lovingly talk about things that we think are cool in pop culture. So uh, we like to find stuff that we like because too much of, especially uh, on the internet and in podcast world, it's always weird where it's like, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast about, uh, I love baseball. And then they talk about how much they hate baseball. It's weird. (laughs) It's, It's so easy to complain about stuff you don't like. And we try to like, Positive and also be inclusive. Um, so we're, we're it's in, inclusive, positive geek culture. Uh, I am also was the host of the beloved uh, Flash Gordon Minute and Minute of Darkness, where we talked about uh, the classic Sam Raimi film Army of Darkness. I am the producer, so you won't hear me on uh, Escape from New York Minute. So uh, I'm everywhere. So, uh, everything's on iTunes. We have Facebook pages and everything. And uh, we would love for you to join uh, the people to give us a listen. And uh, guys, I'm so excited. To, I just had a great time talking with you. Uh, we've done this twice and both <laughs> yeah. times were fun, which is not always easy. <laughs> That's Thank good you. to hear. Yeah. Uh, re-recordings. And usually the re-recordings are awful, but this has been great. And uh, we definitely want to have you guys on uh, Cosmic Geppetto because uh, y- you guys know your stuff. And uh, this is a fun project. I'm glad to be part of it. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, before I do my plugs, let's reveal what the pairing is for Minute 36. Minute 36 will be paired with... Our guest has chosen the film Bye Bye, Bye, Bye Birdie. Birdie from 1995. Yes, the TV movie. The TV movie version, which is available for free on IMDb Free Dive. Or you can just watch it on YouTube because the whole <laughs> thing is up there too. <laughs> I was in Bye Bye Birdie in high school. Oh, oh wow. really? What did you play? <laughs> played uh, Hugo. Oh, nice. Who was Hugo? Hugo's the jealous Nice boyfriend. role where I didn't oh. have to sing, so it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Uh, all right, so you can uh, find me on other podcasts, such as Nothing New, a remake podcast, uh, where Justin Kieslan and I talk every month about remakes. Uh, our most recent episode is on uh, The Hustle and uh, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, so check that out, benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. Uh, I also do another show where me and, and five friends get together and talk about films that people say you should see, but maybe you haven't. It's called It's On My List. It's on my list. Pod. Your kiss, your kiss uh, our most recent ep- episode actually featured Emily over there. Hey, I, I, I do shows. Yeah. So uh, that, that go check that out to hear about Emily's first time watching The Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Mm. Uh, nice. And that's It's On My List. Pod.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at very cool Emily. Also Twitch, but I don't really stream there a ton anymore. Um, I not at the moment, but coming soon in the next couple of weeks. Keep your eyes peeled. I will have a a podcast with Justin Keys on called Go Go Godzilla, uh, where we go in depth on the history of each individual Godzilla movie. Uh, our first episode is out June fifteenth. So if you're listening to this before that get excited and if you're listening to this in the future hey go listen to it right now sounds great uh listen to this in the future ask our alien overlords if it's okay to watch it <laughs> yeah yeah or, or it's okay to listen damn it i stepped on my uh, you can watch it too just stare at your phone <laughs> um 
I like that idea of watching a podcast. You, have <laughs> yeah. to, you stare at the bar as it goes across yeah, the yeah, screen. Watch it. Um, uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Majestic Hotel and Y on Instagram uh, Dunstan Checks Men uh, on YouTube. Just search for Dunstan Checks Men every week. I create a special f- film. They are really something film. to see. It's a lot of work. Andrew's <laughs> doing, and you're missing out if you're not watching. It's them. a lot of work for something really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I have heard from certain people that they are getting the gist of this movie from my trailers Good that I create, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but yeah, go check that out. And uh, we're at Patreon, patreon.com slash Dunstan Checks Men. Yep. Uh, and I think that about wraps it up. Rate and review us on Apple oh, Podcasts. Give us five stars. Um, and here's what I need you to do in the, in the text of the review. So you give us five stars, and then instead of talking about the podcast in the text of the review, I want you to talk about what would your strategy be for besting Tom Hanks in hand-to-hand combat, combat and how would you feel after having defeated him? That's now that's a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> that's you really posed a question to our listeners. I like to give our listeners something to really dig their teeth into. That's something that you got to chew on. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Brad, so much for joining us. You guys, this has been fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then until next week, we're checking out. <laughs>